We're talking players that you're holding on or right. you're just letting go. No, 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 no. The, we, this is this is about whether you're starting or setting them, not necessarily dropping oh, okay. them. But yeah, keep it open. So these are these are higher end players, not necessarily dropping them, Connor. Some so of these. One of these days, you should show up to the, the pre-show meeting. Like, you, you stop worrying about your hair and show up to the pre-show meeting. It's true. Anyway, I'll take the dive for fact, that. Right. So the, that's yeah, I'm always at the pre-show meeting because you know I don't have to worry about my hair. Uh, Half the one time. of the nice things. <laughs> uh, thanks. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers. That is Matthew Berry, the man who has never missed a morning meeting. Never at all. Never once in my life. I'm always there. Uh, I miss my hair, but I don't miss meetings. It is noon on a Thursday on Peacock, but of course it is 5 o'clock somewhere as we start the happy hour here. Connor Rogers, uh, we got some news here. Look, Lots still, still no Apple. I've been, it's been two days without my Apple, my little, my little Marlon McIntosh, and I miss it. I miss him so um, desperately. But um, we have a lot of news to get to. It is love-hate day, so let's dive in. Uh, Connor, why don't you kick us off here? We have an exciting game tonight. Yeah, we do. Bucks, Ravens, and plenty of news coming out of that game, starting with the Bucks that are dealing with all different kinds of injuries. Russell Gage will this not play. This is our Roto World headlines, by the way. Roto World headlines. Yeah. See, when you go to the meeting, they tell you, oh, can you mention Roto World? I- I'll tell you what. I was at a meeting this morning. Yeah. I don't know which one it was, but Matthew Berry was not sitting next to me at the table. No, so no, I, no, I call in. Oh, uh, but you I said you ne- you're always at the meetings. Yeah, well, Virtual? yeah, bit virtually. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of world cover. we live in. Yeah, yeah no, no, I'm always, I'm always in the meetings, like listening virtually. I'm a face to face kind yeah, of guy. Yeah, yeah, not me. Establish a presence. Hey. Arthur Smith establishes the run. I establish the presence. This is really nice. Is it, you're well, because you know what? You're one of the little people, and like that's that's <laughs> nice to be with your people. I we we're gonna have a when show you today, come, folks. When you come down and you're like, you know, you have to let them know. Like, there's a there's a line. Yeah, there's a you, delineation. You only, you only get about 61 minutes of Matthew Berry. That's a day. right. 11.59, we get ready to go. I'm here. 12 to 1, we Uh, do the show. You get us all, 120%. I'll absolutely say that. Yeah, 12.01, I'm out. Yeah, 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 1,000%. Uh, Far from 120%. What what you do from 12 to 12.01, you let the little people know you care about them. You you, you speak to them by their name. I don't know about feeling the love. Why? I mean, you're not feeling the love? I want you in the meeting. In, in person. Okay. The little people comment. Right, well, I mean, they all know it. Ask B. Rubes. He'll, he'll be the first to tell you B. That. Rubes will be uh, running the show tomorrow, so we'll, we'll get him fired up on the line. All right, let's I get into the Bucks injury report. You know his name. Right. Can you pick him out of a lineup? If I, if I put all three, if I put, yes. if I put Pete, Steven, and Brian in Absolutely. front of you, do you think you could pick out which one is which? Of course. I'm not convinced you could. Wow. All right, there you go. It's true. Brian Rubin is the handsome one, so he tells me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Russell Gage is out with a hamstring. Cameron Bray uh, with a neck injury. They are both out for week eight, which is tonight, against the Ravens. Yeah. Julio Jones, no shock here with the knee, is a game-time decision. This is the world that we live in with Julio this is, Jones. That's his legal name, by the way, Julio yes. Jones game-time game time decision. decision. Yeah. yeah, Julio game-time decision Jones. He'll later do commercials when he's retired. And like, you know, Deion Sanders is prime time, and, like, he's doing the <laughs> – He's doing the he's doing the Affleck commercials like, hey, it's Coach hey, it's, Prime. It's game time decision. Hey, it's Coach game time decision. Hey, look there, hey, Mr. GTD. Mr. GTD, which looks like Mr. Guaranteed, but it's Mr. No, game it's time Mr. decision. GTD. Right. He should he should re-record the Pitbull song, the Pitbull song. You know, instead of Mr. Worldwide, Mr. GTD. Yeah, we'll see if Julio. It's a good brand to get I'm behind. Just, I'm just saying, God bless Pitbull. So with the Bucks um, offense here, yeah. I mean that, that's right. a lot to deal with, but nothing they're not used to at this point. And truthfully, weirdly, I think that. 
if uh, Julio Jones is active, does he play a ton of snaps? I, my expectation is, is that if he were to take some snaps away or targets away, it would actually be Cade Otten, uh, their yeah. tight end here. Since week four, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Leonard Fournette have combined for a 56% target share, 60% of the Buccaneers receiving yards have come from those three dudes. And my expectation is against the Ravens tonight. That will be the case as well. Mike Evans has had 80 or more yards in three of his last four games. Obviously had the big drop last week. Would have gotten there last week as well. 15 targets last week as well. Uh, like his chances at an anytime touchdown tonight. Uh, we'll get into that in last Plus money. Call. Plus money. I mean, like, just after the, the drop and everything like that, Brady's going to be like, listen, they we got to get sure, it out of the way. We got to get out of the way. We got to get you a score. Chris Godwin has at least six catches in every game since returning. That's four straight now, double digit targets in three of those four. And so to me, Otten is the guy in the middle of the field. Julio Jones sort of is, has been taking the Gronk role in this offense when he's been out there. He hasn't been out there that much. So uh, I think if you were starting Evans or Godwin, I'm not worried about Julio Jones here. Evans and Godwin, both top 15 wide receivers for you this week, correct? Yeah, a thousand percent. Yep. Look, I, look, the the Ravens have they they played better recently, but uh, you know the fact of the matter is, is it's still not a good defense. It is a defense that you can move the ball against. You know, we we saw the uh, we saw the Browns run all over them last week, and even though they won that game, like you can. You can move the ball. This is not your, your parents' Ravens defense. Game is in Tampa Bay, so the Ravens traveling on a short week here. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think Brady has a bounce-back game here as well. I have him inside my top ten. We talked about him yesterday on the show as well. Godwin and Evans, I think, are both must-starts today. Fournette as well. So the guys you would normally start on the Buccaneers, I'm starting. And on the Ravens, I really think it's, it's Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. We can get into Gus Edwards a little bit later, but... Um, I think Gus Edwards is a touchdown-dependent RB, too. We did see from Carolina last week, you can run on the Buccaneers. Yeah, you said uh, it could be your, your not your parents' Ravens defense. could not be your Matthew Berry's Ravens defense as well. Wow. You get it? Wow. An old, yeah, an old joke. Old, you like that one? Joke. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, no, I'm aware. I'm aware of my I just, age. I just Thanks so let, much. I just wanted Appreciate to let you know. <laughs> All right. So, now we're even. But this is true. Uh, <laughs> this is true. You probably could be my kid, actually. Yeah, actually. <laughs> You and Field Yates, you guys, uh, you guys are, de- you know, uh, they always put me. It's annoying. Like you know, NBC keeps putting me with these like young, good-looking guys that don't seem to age. It's uh, whoever I, whoever I'm working for. ESPN did it, and now NBC's doing it. It's annoying. Give me like I got what to. What, I'm trying, trying to get I gotta, me off. You know, I, no, I got to go to AMC or something like that. No. Where's the you know <laughs> the like, history channel? Yeah, the history channel. Yeah, that's the. Yeah, you tell the history yeah, of fantasy exactly. football. There you go. It'd be amazing. Like uh, call my agent. Yeah, <laughs> B. Rubes, get my agent on the phone. Oh, yeah, man. all right. Yeah, I need to get to an. I, I need to get to the geriatric network, whatever that is. All right, more Roto World headlines. Uh, looking at the Cowboys here, Ezekiel Elliott uh, diagnosed with a sprained MCL and is expected to miss Week Eight against the Bears. Although Zeke had a lot to say about that, a guy that doesn't like to miss any time. No, he does not. Respect. You know, I just, I believe, you know, my team needs me out there. I think uh, the pain is it's temporary, uh, and uh, I need to be out there with my guys. So that's the priority. Um, yeah. Where does that toughness come from? Because it seems like you don't really miss a lot of games. Uh, I mean, I think it's just, just from heart and just how much I care for this team, how much I care for the organization. Uh, you know, I think, um, you know, it's my job to be out there, be available. And uh, so, I mean, if, I'm, if, I, if I can be out there, why not? I'm not going to take take a game off because I don't feel 100%. Uh, I mean, I think that's soft. <laughs> 
This is from Clarence Hill, Jr. of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Sideline with the torn MCL, uh, thigh bruise. So, Zeke, dealing with a somewhat significant injury here. Obviously, nothing close to season ending, but... I mean, this is a fantasy football show, Matthew Berry, and you know what that means. We have to talk about Tony Pollard, who Cowboys fans, fantasy football managers have been screaming for more Tony Pollard, and now it seems like they will far and away get their wish. Yeah, well, I don't know that it's far and away. I I mean, I will say this. You know, um, the tweet that we saw from Clarence Hill, he's covered the Cowboys for a long, long time, does an excellent job, would never want to question his reporting. What I would say here, though, about Ezekiel Elliott, right, is that you think about last year, right? Last year, he partially tore his PCL. He still played all 17 he games. Plays. He did not miss a game last year. You just heard it right there. Like, it's a, it's a source of pride for him as well. Uh, so, I think he could miss this game. I, again, I'm not questioning Clarence Hill's reporting. He knows that team backwards and forwards and certainly much better than I do. I just know that, like, we've seen it. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, as far as I can tell, I believe Ezekiel Elliott has missed uh, – literally like two games in his career. Uh, I think he's missed one. I don't think he's ever missed a game due to injury. Yeah, so he missed, he, missed, he missed the six games due to suspension, and I think there's a couple of years where the Cowboys like rested him for a playoff game kind of thing, but I don't, I don't believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Blake, Damien, if you, one of you guys back there, correct me if I'm wrong on that one, but I don't believe he has ever missed a game due to injury, and certainly last year he did not. So I think if there's, you know, if there's a way for him to get out there, having said that, regardless of whether he's either out of this game or part, you know, limited. We certainly expect a lot of Tony Pollard in this game, who uh, should have success against Chicago. Bears have allowed the six most rushing yards to opposing running backs. They've given up the fifth most rushing touchdowns allowed. They're also traveling on a short week. They played the Monday night game, obviously, as well. This game is in Dallas. And, and so um, Tony Pollard, in the games in which he gets more work, he's had 10 career games where he's had 14 or more touches. And in those uh, t- uh, 10 games... He's averaging 17.7 fantasy points per game. He's had over 100 yards from scrimmage in six of those 10 games, 60% of the games. I think Tony Pollard is a must-start this week. I'm as a top-20 play right now with the expectation that Zeke is active. And if we find out between now and Sunday morning uh, that Zeke has been ruled out, immediate top-10 play. Absolutely. I mean, his last start without Zeke was Week 15 of 2020. 12 carries, 69 yards, two touchdowns, six catches for 63 yards. So... It could be a big day for Tony Pollard. Steven D'Agostino just got in my ear and told me he has missed one game due to injury. One game. He also would like to say that he feels he's the handsome one, not Brian Rubin. I did hear that part. So, yeah, just anyway, just so you know, a lot of a – lot of, uh, You're creating you some divide here at the Fantasy Football This is why I stay out of the little people meeting. Yeah. This is why I let them, Look let them fight amongst themselves. You, en- you entered and – I entered enter, the arena. I, I throw a grenade and then I leave. Oh, That's new, what I do. New gladiator enters the go. arena. Fantastic. <laughs> Over in New England, Mac Jones will start week eight against the Jets. Obviously, we have seen the Bailey Zappi show plenty recently. This has been an insane story now for the last week. Plus, Field Yates, speaking yeah. of Field Yates. Says my Jones, buddy, my Jones colleague. took about 90% of the first team reps in Wednesday's practice. This is obviously coming off a game where Mac was 3 of 6, 13 yards, and a pick before being benched against the Bears. Mac back in against a huge game on the road against the Jets. Does this do anything for the Patriots offense fantasy-wise? No, I don't think it does. First off, I think there's a short leash, right? I mean, again, I think he struggles again, right? You could see Bailey Zappi. I mean, 
it's not definite he's going to be the starter, but 90% of the first team snaps. And I will tell you, Field, uh, you know, my buddy Field, who used to work in the Patriots yeah. front office before he came to ESPN, he is, uh, he's obviously plugged into that team, does a really good job uh, reporting on, on the NFL in general, but specifically the Patriots. And so uh, my expectation is that he's right here and that it's likely Mac Jones under center for the, uh, the Patriots against the Jets. But I don't know that there's any fantasy takeaway. Like the guys you would start, Ramondre Stevenson, Jacoby Myers, you're starting regardless of who the quarterback is. And I don't think that whether it's Mac or Bailey Zappi that you suddenly – look, I think Tyquan Thornton's interesting. Like I think he's sure. an interesting waiver pickup, but I'm not starting him against the Jets. It's worth noting that uh, the Jets have allowed one touchdown pass over the last four games. I mean, they, they've given up 5.6 yards per attempt. That's the second lowest in the NFL. These Jets – Connor Rogers. I'm not sure you're aware. I have no but idea. These Jets <laughs> never see, never heard of them. Yeah, exactly. These Jets are um, are playing pretty good defense so far. And Mac Jones in his three full games so far this year, averaging single digit fantasy points here. I don't know. It's worth noting because he's being used some in deep leagues, super flex leagues, to uh, to quarterback leagues. But uh, I think in terms of an action item for any of us, I would not start Mac Jones this week unless he absolutely had to. And I think it doesn't really affect any decision. You're starting Jacoby Myers, you're starting Ramondre Stevenson, and the rest are sort of like, ah, we'll see. If you're desperate, I could see starting Damian Harrison, a flex, who should get more work, you know, a week removed from the injury as well. Okay, moving over to the Rams, the designated running back Kyron Just so everyone Williams. knows, Connor Rogers hosts the Jets pregame show. Just so everyone and is they aware. And they keep you everyone... around for the postgame. And they keep you around for the postgame yeah. as well? It, believe it or not, they do. Wow, fantastic. Pretty All crazy. Right. Yeah, All Sauce right. Gardner, pretty good player. There you go. So yeah. I've heard. Have you interviewed Sauce? I have not. That day hopefully will come. Okay. Yeah. Do you think when you interview Sauce, you will refer to him as Sauce? How do you, like, do you call, hey, Sauce, or Mr. Sauce, Mr. Gardner? Mr. Sauce is good. Mr. Sauce? I like Mr. Sauce. Lord Sauce? Yeah. Senior Sauce? Yeah, Mr. Sauce G is Mr. what I would Sauce call G? him. Mr. Sauce G? I like that. Yeah, that's what I'd go with. Yeah, okay. So. Right. The OG sauce. It was funny. Tasty sauce. He got There's there. just a lot that you can do with it. They said he had to earn that nickname, and it took about two and a half games for his, like, yeah, call yeah, him his sauce. His name's not a mod. His name is Sauce. No, no, no. So he's absolutely Sauce. That's what will one, one of the all-time great nicknames Incredible. in the NFL. Uh, by the way, we're trying to get some updated uh, jerseys here for the back wall. Chad Pennington could probably swap Chad out for, for Sauce. For Sauce. Yeah. Yeah, that is one of the <laughs> – that's exactly. Just a suggestion. Some of my old Washington jerseys. I don't know that LeVar Arrington or Skip Hicks are, are long for this world. So we'll see. We've got more jerseys on the way. And Sauce Gardner, you'll be happy to know, is one of the ones Love I Love to see it. So we will see. Without my, it was Jay's influence, not mine. He's the I, Jets fan, the Sauce Gardner fan. He was, he was, he, Jay was a, a Jets fan for like a minute. He was the Jaguars, he was the Falcons, then the Jaguars, then the Jets, and now he's on to, um, I forget who he's on to, like whatever, the Giants. I think he's now on to the Giants. He loves the Giants and the Colts. Something like that. Anyway. Well, I know so, it's not the Rams who no. have designated Kyron Williams to return from an ankle injury coming off IR. We talked a little bit about Kyron Williams this summer as somebody that, sure, day three pick, but t- plenty of uh, pass protecting and pass catching potential. Sean McVay has said the team is still discussing a potential trade of Cam Akers. This has not been a fun backfield to deal with yeah. in fantasy this year. No. But Kyron By Williams the way, they're is a little discuss- they're still, they're, They've been discussing it. They're just hoping someone else will discuss it with them. Yeah, no one's they're, answering they're, it. No right. one's picking up the phone. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's the equivalent of, you know, like, yeah, exactly. Like, We're talking about it. Yeah, yeah. We that, might even do it. Yeah, yeah. A thousand percent. <laughs> that, you know, it's like the equivalent. Yeah, you know, 
I've been uh, I've been talking about going out with Anne Hathaway for years. Just yes, but, yeah. She's she's not picking up the phone. But you're, I mean? but right. you're still right. I'm the only one talking. You're telling about people. It. Yeah, yeah. No one people else are listening. Yeah, thousand yeah. percent. No one else is listening. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I'm talking about it. No one else is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's one of those things that yeah. I've been I've been talking about I've been talking about you know hosting Saturday Night Live. No one else is talking about it. Yep. But sure, you're yeah. willing to discuss it. Yeah, I'm willing to discuss it. Yeah, terms. exactly. All right. You know, have my own Avengers movie. I've been talking about it. Just no one else will. Yeah, exactly. We've been talking about trading Cam Akers. We're still discussing it. Of course you are. Of course you are. You just need someone else to discuss. They have with no you. leverage. Yeah, exactly. No leverage. No leverage at all. They've absolutely like. What are we doing, guys? All right, back to Kyron Williams. Yeah. So we'll start the because the the poor video guys. You know, like they're like I'm trying to find a video out of this thing. Can you guys like stop talking about you know all trade right, discussions? Nonsense. So, Kyron Williams. I think Kyron Williams, if he's still available in your league, and we've talked about him for a little while as kind of a, a sneaky stash, but if he's still out there, especially given the fact that he's been designated to return, which means he has 21 days to get back onto the field, and given the lack of success that this entire run game has had, uh, including Daryl Henderson, including Cam Akers, I think Kyron Williams is kind of interesting here. I can tell you from talking to sources among the Rams, they love him with a capital L. I'm not saying they love him the way that the Seahawks love Kenneth Walker. I tried to give everyone that hint, you know, before Rashad Penny went down. I was just like, guys, they love Kenneth Walker. They're comparing him to LaDainian Tomlinson. Like, that was something, that was a thing that I said on this show or on Fantasy Football pregame, I should say. And so, uh, I'm not saying he's that, but I am telling you, they really, really, really like Kyron Williams. And I think he's going to have an immediate opportunity to, uh, to have an impact in this run game. And he could, wait for it run away with a job chef's kiss there you go god bless from way downtown just, just there you the go parking lot. that's how you do it that is, that's how you do it. take that to your jet this pre-game. is how you become one of the big people that's right and that's right compared to jokes, nothing but dad watching jokes. the little people you said a lot of love for kyron williams let's keep the love for running backs going josh allen i've heard has of him. nothing but love for his running back motor singletary who we're going to get into on love hate today but let's hear from josh allen on motor after week four's win against Baltimore. I, I can't rave enough about what he is, who he is, and what he does for this team. Um, I urge everybody that's watching football, if you're a young kid, if you're in college, whatever, you turn on Devin Singletary tape and you watch him, how he strains to the ball, whether he's got it or not. He's downfield picking guys up. He's doing everything right in practice. He's running 50, 60 yards, getting in the end zone, coming right back, running another play. The dude just, all he knows is work, and that's why his name's Motor, and he lives up to the name. Um, but again, I can go on and on about what type of person and player he is. I freaking love the kid. Incredible. Yeah. So Devin Singletary's nickname is Motor. That's right. You know what my nickname is? Hand Crank. Yeah, you know, because like, like yeah. a motor is like automatic. Hand Crank is like it's old. It's, what do you, get your mind out of the gutter. I didn't Connor think anything. Rogers. Hand crank, you know, like the old timey hand cranking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, old yeah, jokes. Yeah, yeah, it's old this is jokes. Boone's farms I'm, I'm, all over again. Exactly. I'm, I'm just I'm sitting like, here. I have I'm no idea. I'm leaning into it. That's what a hand crank is. Like you had to like the, before they had motors, you had to you had to crank things by like the hand. hamster on the wheel. Yeah, exactly. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's the, hand yeah, crank. Sometimes Barry. you had to churn butter ah, back okay. in the old days. Yep. Yeah. Hand crank Barry over here. All right, fine. You know what? They're not all winners. But you know what? Shoot or shoot. That's you right. Keep, you keep it. Keep, you, just keep, Steph Curry, just keep absolutely. going. Keep you, you're going to hit. Keep you're going to hit. They're not going to hit. All right, let's talk about Devin Singletary, though. I agree with Josh Allen. He was talking about, you know, uh, if you're young people out there watching or whoever, I qualify under the whoever. Um, <laughs> 
talking about uh, Singletary, certainly having the confidence of your quarterback means a great deal because that's who he wants back there in pass pro. That's who he's looking for when he's on the field. Make no mistake. If Josh Allen is just like, I want Devin Singletary out there, they're not going to be like, no, no, sorry, we're sticking with James Cook. It is Josh Allen's team. And it's worth noting that not only from Josh Allen's mouth, but the stats back it up. 15 or more touches, 90 more scrimmage yards, three of the last four games. He's had at least four receptions in all three games being used in all three downs, all facets of the game. It's a great match with the Packers, who allow 85 or more scrimmage yards to a running back in every game this year except for one. Over the last four weeks, Connor, the Green Bay Packers are allowing 133 rushing yards per game. That's fifth most in the NFL. Um, you can't know, stop a, a nosebleed. Yeah, it can, they really can't. And obviously, game script works in their favor here. If there's one negative about Devin Singletary, it's that we've seen in a couple of games this year when the Bills just blow out a team. Like, sing, they, they start giving, you know, some work to Zach Moss and James Cook. My expectation is, though, coming off of the bye, Singletary is going to get enough work in this game before it gets out of hand. It is worth noting the Packers are double-digit underdogs in this one. But Singletary makes the love list here as well. Because of his passing game usage, he comes in at running back 14 for me. And while he made the love list, you had even more love for Kenneth Walker, who's even higher than – I mean, what's not to love at this KW3. point with Kenneth Walker? He's my guy. Kenneth Walker shooting up the offensive rookie of the year odds thanks to our friends at BetMGM. I mean – we had this conversation weeks ago that when Kenneth Walker would get his time, and it unfortunately took a Rashad Penny injury for it to happen, this guy would shine, and he's been nothing but exceptional. He's been absolutely ridiculous. We talked about him you know, as a potential league winner. I think that so far has come very, very true. I'm at running back seven, KW3, KW7 this week. He's a top seven running back. I might be too low on him. Last two weeks as a starter. Connor, 278 yards from scrimmage. He's got the three touchdowns, 46 touches his last two weeks. Just massive volume here. He's averaging almost 24 fantasy points per game. And what's impressive to me is he's had 16 tackles avoided over that stretch. He's avoided 16 tackles. That's six more than any other running back. The elusiveness, the speed, the next gear that Kenneth Walker can get to will bode well against a Giants defense that's allowed over 100 yards of scrimmage to an opposing running back in every game this year except for one. They're giving up the fifth most rushing yards per game to opposing running backs. They're allowing the second highest yards per carry to opposing running backs. Kenneth Walker so far has not been involved in the passing game, but what's encouraging is, is when you look and you do a little deeper dive, he's running a bunch of routes. He's out there. It's not like they're taking him out on passing downs. It's just they haven't so far involved him in the passing game yet, but I think that's coming. It's coming soon. He's a locked-in RB1 for me this week and for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. The Giants, a blitz-happy team under Wink Martindale. I think they're going to counter that blitz by not only handing the ball off to Kenneth Walker, but get him the quick outlets, get him going in the pass game. So they will do exactly that. What a year it's been for Raheem Mostert for the Dolphins so far. Raheem Mostert, when he's with Mike McDaniel and healthy, good things happen. Whether it's the Niners, now the Dolphins. Raheem must start, comes in at running back 13 for me, Connor, this week. Four straight games with 15 or more touches. 17-plus in three of those four games here. And running backs that have gotten at least 15 touches. Why do I bring up he's gotten 15 touches in three and four straight games? Because running backs who get at least 15 touches against the Detroit Lions are averaging 18.4 fantasy points per game. Every game this year except for one, the Lions have allowed a rushing touchdown to a running back. We obviously would expect that to be Mostert in this game against the Dolphins. Lions, in fact, allowing the second most rushing yards per game to opposing running backs this year. Raheem Mostert, currently healthy, as you well, part of that explosive Dolphins offense. He's getting the majority of work in that backfield. He has, he has wait for it, run past Chase Edmonds. 
And there, there you go. That's right. You go, sometimes you go back to the well. When one clangs, you go back to what works, and obviously that works. So he's found his go. mid-range jumper God once bless. again. Yeah, fantastic. A couple other players that maybe aren't as high as those three, but did receive votes. Michael Carter. We know Brees Hall out for the year. Sure, they tra- traded for James Robinson. We don't know what his workload is going to be like, considering he got there yesterday. Right, and and there might be a little bit of question about his health. You know, is, sure. he, is he a yep. little bit banged up here? And so Michael Carter. Has six career games with 15 or more touches. He's averaging almost 18 fantasy points per game. And in those games, Patriots have allowed over 70 yards from scrimmage to a running back in each of their last four. How about Deontay Foreman, right, who uh, Chuba Hubbard, he's also a little bit banged up. 15 for 118 last week, including 71 yards after contact. A lot of that came on that big 64-yard run, but that's part of his skill set is breaking those big plays. And so uh, Foreman, in games in which he's had 15 or more touches since the start of last season, this includes the games, you know, when he filled in for Derrick Henry last year, he's averaging 111 yards from scrimmage as well. And I'll also mention Eno Benjamin here. We expect James Conner back more on him in a second here, but in four of the five games that James Conner played, He's had at least 45 uh, yards from scrimmage. Vikings really bad against pass-catching running backs. They're bottom 10 in the NFL in terms of most receptions and receiving yards allowed to opposing running backs. Eno Benjamin, who's quite adept in the receiving game, and I think he's earned more playing time with his performance while James Conner was out. So I like him as a flex play. Benjamin comes in at running back 29 for me this week. So both Benjamin and Foreman officially in flex territory. Yes, comfortably. Correct. All right. Over to the hate side of things, the guys that – Sorry, got to call it like it is here. James Conner. Yeah. Obviously, it has not been the year uh, people that drafted James Conner had hoped for. A lot of it seems injury-related, but even when he's played, Barry, just looks he looks hurt, honestly. Yeah. He looks banged up in an offense that has struggled to find its rhythm. Yeah, this is true. And also, you know, the, the massive amount of touchdowns. The entire offense just hasn't been there, right? We expected that offense to be a lot better and then to be in scoring position more often than they have been. This is not a good matchup for James Conner. First off, is he 100% healthy? We expect him back. It'll be his first game back. He's missed some time. Is he 100% healthy? And even if he is, over the past four weeks, the Vikings are allowing the second fewest rushing yards per game to opposing running backs, the second lowest yards per carry to opposing running backs in that stretch. And then you mentioned Conner's inefficiency. Under 65 yards from scrimmage in every game he's played this year except for one. He's had only one game this year that he's had more than 3.7 yards per carry. So, like, the efficiency hasn't been there. He's volume-dependent, touchdown-dependent, and does he get that against the Vikings in what could be a shootout here? I'm a little bit skeptical. He's just outside my top 20. If he's active, you likely probably have to start him. But, again, I think he's much more of a flex, you know, than I think he's just a locked-in RB2 this week. So, uh, concerns there. The Rams taking on the 49ers, and unfortunately that means Darrell Henderson makes your hate list as well here. More matchup or also that this backfield has just been a disaster this year? A little bit of both. Okay. Especially, by the way, a disaster against the 49ers earlier this year. The Rams, all of the Rams running backs combined for just 52 yards from scrimmage on 18 touches in week four against the Niners. There's been one running back this entire year. There's been one running back that has gotten over 60 yards, even 60. There's been one running back that's gotten more than 60 yards from scrimmage against the Niners. Do you know who it is? No. Chris McCaffrey, oh, their oh. current running back. Oh. That's why they traded for him. <laughs> how like, the turn, oh, you're how pretty the good. You're the one guy. Right, they, yeah. exactly. How the, how the tables turn, how the, how the turns table. Um, yeah, so anyway, Niners allow the second fewest rushing yards per game to opposing running backs. They're giving up the second lowest yards per carry as well. So Daryl Henderson running behind, like, the offensive line has just been – they really miss with Worth. worth. It's just been a – it's been tough sledding. So – And Henderson, hurt. And hurt. It just 
yeah, Henderson is outside my top 25. He comes in at running back 26 for me this week. And I just want to point out one, one quick thing before we move off running backs here is that, again, love-hate is all about expectations. So even though I have, I have Connor on the hate list and Eno Benjamin on the love list, that doesn't mean I would start Benjamin over Connor. I have Connor at 21. I have Benjamin exactly. at 29. So my point is, is that I love Benjamin because he's higher than you would normally expect inside the top 30. And, yeah. and Connor makes the eight list because I'm lower on him than you might expect. But again, always check the ranks, which are up for free on rotorworld.com, NBCSportsEdge.com. Players punching above their weight class make the love list. Simple as that. All right, we're going to take a true. break. When we're back, love-hate continues with the pass catchers. I think it's the best, to be honest. You know, I, I think, and then the way uh, the Phillies are playing right now, you know, it's definitely giving the city hope. You know, and uh, I got really hope they win. You know, baseball is so hard. You know, but uh, I really hope they win. I saw how the fans re- uh, reacted and went downtown, and you know, that was just going to World Series. So yeah, greasing the poles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, uh, you know, it's exciting. It's exciting. So. Yeah, good luck to the Phillies and those. Does that kind of like motivate you guys, knowing what it could be like for you guys? You know, playoffs. I'll be I'll be lying to you if I didn't get right. You know, I'll be lying to you. But we're gonna try to try to yeah, stay to stay grounded. You know, we got a long way to go. You know, go to the parade thing. Oh yeah, I'm going. I'm going. Yeah, I'm going. You count me in. That was A.J. Brown. Who better to lead the love list for pass catchers this who week, better? Barry? A.J. Brown, a uh, little motivation from the Phillies. Who would have thought? But the love list here for pass catchers starts with A.J. Brown. 30.5% target share this season. Seven-plus targets in every game, Matthew. Yeah, he's been nothing short of phenomenal. Coming off the bye, they've had two weeks to prepare for this game. I always like players coming off of a bye, especially when they get two weeks to prepare for a Pittsburgh secondary that's allowing a 231 uh, yards per game to opposing wide receiver. That's most in the NFL over the last four weeks. They've given up the second most deep receptions in that stretch as well. And so A.J. Brown, who has a 30% target share this year for the undefeated Eagles, multiple red zone targets in three of his past four games, just locked in wide receiver one. He comes in at wide receiver seven for me this week. All in on A.J. Brown. Should have a monster game again against the Steelers. An impressive return for DeAndre Hopkins. No rest for him at all. You're back from suspension. You're back in the fold. DeAndre Hopkins, a 48% target share in his first game back. What more do you need to see when D-Hop's right, when he's healthy? He's Arizona's offense. Yeah, wide receivers who have seen seven or more targets against the Vikings this year are averaging 17 fantasy points per game over the last four weeks. Vikings allowing the seventh most yards per game to wide receivers. Both pretty good offenses, two defenses that have sometimes struggled. I actually think this is uh, this should be a high-scoring game. It's one of the higher over-unders on the slate as well. So Hopkins comes in at wide receiver 14 for me. be interesting to see if he gets that kind of massive target share if you have more of a package for Robbie Anderson. If he's out there on more routes and do they try to dump it off to uh, Rondell Moore a little bit more. So anyway, but yes. DeAndre Hopkins, you're starting him. You're starting him immediately. Chris Olave has been far I mean, away. You, already, you probably already started him last week, but just he's locked in. If you had any questions, they should be answered. Chris Olave has been far away the most uh, productive rookie wide receiver this season, despite the Saints' carousel at quarterback. And it does sound like Andy Dalton is starting this week for over a healthy Jameis Winston. Correct. Chris Olave, 
Wide receiver 10 in points per game since week two. He has a 30% target share over that stretch. Where does he come in for you this week, Barry? Yeah, wide receiver 16. That's, I mean, he's locked in high. as a wide receiver two. Five straight games with at least 80 yards or a touchdown. Vegas has allowed multiple touchdowns to wide receivers in two of their last three games. They give the six most yards per game to wide receivers over the last four weeks. And so with a banged-up receiving core around him, there does seem to be a connection between Andy Dalton and Chris Olave. Basically, when Andy Dalton goes back to throw, he's either throwing it to the other team or Chris Olave. And so you like those odds. It's true, right? I mean, it's, it's factually correct. Like, he only has eyes for Olave or the other team. That's pretty much, uh, those are his two reads. As, he, as Andy Dalton goes through his progressions, it's like, oh, is Chris Olave covered? Let me throw it to the other team. You know, and then yeah. if the other team isn't open, then he'll try to find Olave. That's what he does. That's just sort of the playbook. That's just, he, again, Dalton's a veteran quarterback. He, he, he's not just a first-read guy. He goes through his progressions. First read usually is Olave. Second read is the other team. If Jameis Winston it was starting this game or is reinserted as the starter, does that move Olave up for you or down? A little bit just because I think Winston likes to chuck it the deeper. Depth the depth of passing. The average at the target. But I think they're both – listen, Dalton took some deep shots against Arizona. <laughs> he took right? You know, he really did. Yeah, it's like you. Right? He keeps like, shooting from the parking shooting, lot. Right? He's, he's the red rifle. I'm the bald <laughs> rifle. That's what I am. The balding <laughs> rifle. But I like the bald rifle. The bald rifle The bald good. rifle. There you go. Oh, man. Yeah, exactly. My fantasy team might uh, change names from the Red Rifle to the Bald Rifle's opponent. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're down thinking with, about it. Down with a Bald Rifle. Yeah, there, there we you go. go. There you go. Yeah, Arch yeah. Nemesis. Arch bald Nemesis. Rifle. Yeah. All right, moving it along. Sounds like it, it sounds like... Um, uh, the bald rifle sounds like it, like it, it's a it's an enemy for like Snoopy. Remember, you know Snoopy always fought the Red Baron. Yeah, I'm not yeah. I'm not that young. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Say there you go. Yeah. So yeah, like bald rifle. Yeah, he just it feels like a comic book character. Yeah, exactly. Like a yeah, anyway. So yeah, I like that. I kind of like that. Yeah, I'm the bald rifle. All right, fair enough. Lower uh, the yeah. bald rifle. Yeah. Another one on the love list here. Pat Frymouth makes it out of concussion protocol, now reappears on the limited list this week with an ankle issue. It doesn't sound... It's Wednesday. It doesn't I mean, sound really we're, we're, you know, we're taping this... Or tape, we're, we're doing this show on a Thursday morning, uh, so obviously that's a story that we'll follow here, but as good as the Eagles' defense has been this year, Connor, we always say this, you know, death taxes start your tight ends against Philadelphia. T- uh, Eagles have allowed 10 or more tight end targets each of the last two games. You think about week six against the Cowboys. They allowed 72 yards to the Dallas Cowboys tight ends with Cooper Rush onto her center as well. And so Pat Fryermuth, who in his five full games has at least nine targets and three of them. He's got a 23% target share. It does seem like there's more of a connection between him and Kenny yes. Pickett than there was under Trubisky. And so, yeah, Fryermuth is a top five play for me this week at the tight end position. I like that one a lot. Him and Pickett just look to be in sync. Uh, obviously, Pickett is really liking throwing across the middle of the field or throwing back shoulder to George Pickens. That's yeah, the Kenny Pickett playbook right now. So, pretty much. good news for those guys. Yes. <laughs> and we'll get into why it's Deon- not good news for somebody yeah, later yeah, exactly. in just a bit. A couple others receiving votes here. DJ Moore. DJ Moore. Yeah, yeah. You know, Undertaker gift. Back alive. Yeah. P.J. Walker. Thank God for P.J. Walker. And his two starts, a 40% target share for DJ Moore. Over the last four weeks, Falcons allowed the most receptions to wide receiver. He comes inside my top 20. Um, uh, Brandon Cooks, we talked about him yesterday. I said I wanted to keep it open and not close it out on Brandon Cooks over the last four weeks. I like this matchup with the Titans. Tennessee bottom five in terms of most receptions and yards allowed to opposing wide receivers. He's had at least a 20% target share in five out of six games so far this year. So Cooks is wide receiver 24 for me. Brandon Ayuk, 
there's a much more of a connection between him and Garoppolo than there ever was between him and Trey Lance. Back-to-back games now with 11 targets as Debo deals with that hamstring injury. Rams along the second most yards after catch to wide receivers, and we know that's what Kyle Shanahan likes to do, get his guys in space and let them take care of those yards after the catch. Ayuk has at least 25 yards after catch in four straight. And with the Rams probably trying to figure out how do we stop Christian McCaffrey, I think Ayuk could be due for some nice big plays. He's a wide receiver four with upside. He comes in at 31 for me. Finally, Irv Smith, as we just talked about good matchups for tight ends. Arizona has allowed either five or more catches or 50 or more yards to a tight end in every game this year except for one. They've given up the most uh, tight ends to oppose – I'm sorry – they're tied for the most touchdowns allowed to opposing tight ends, you know, the Arizona Cardinals. We saw Juwan Johnson get the two against them last week as well. So Irv Smith, who has five straight games with a double-digit target share, I think is on your streaming radar. He comes in at tight end 10 for me in a week in which you've got no Travis Kelsey or Gerald Everett. Yeah, a streaming option if you, could, if you have it, if you have it out there. All right, moving over to the hate list. We hinted at this one, Deontay Johnson. Yeah. It has not been great for Deontay Johnson Dude. since Kenny Pickett took over. Really Hasn't been great for Deontay Johnson in the Steelers' offense this week, and Philadelphia's corners are really good. There was a good. year a couple years ago where the Chiefs went the entire season without throwing a touchdown to a wide receiver. Do you remember that? I do remember this. Right, and so it's, suddenly it's like Chiefs East because Deontay Johnson is the only wide receiver in the NFL with over 50 targets and zero touchdowns so far this year. We expect him to be shadowed by Darius Slay in this one. Tough matchup. He has 43 total yards after the catch this season, so he's basically he's catching it and being tackled immediately, and so... Philadelphia, which allows the lowest catch rate to perimeter-wide receivers. I think this is a tough matchup for Deontay Johnson. Maybe junk time volume gets him there, but he comes in at wide receiver 25 for me outside my top 20. More of a flex than the kind of locked-in mid-tier wide receiver two. He's been much of his career. The Jaguars take on the Broncos in London this weekend, and the bottom line is for quarterbacks and wide receivers, seeing Denver has been a disaster, and it feels like that spells bad news for Christian Kirk. They're really good against the slot, which is where Kirk lines up most of the time here. They allow the third fewest yards per game to the slot. They've given up zero touchdowns to the slot as well. Broncos, in fact, have given up only one touchdown. Count them, one touchdown, Since, one touchdown. No fly zone. One touchdown. It's a no-fly zone there for the Denver Broncos. Let's ride. Not if you're Christian Kirk. They've given up one touchdown this entire year to a wide receiver. That was Brandon Ayuk in week three. In fact, only three times this entire year has a wide receiver gotten over 60 yards against the Denver Broncos. And so Christian Kirk, who has under 25 yards in two of his last three games, makes the hate list this week. He comes in at wide receiver 30 for me in the London game. The Darren Waller roller coaster continues. Whether we know or not, he's going to play, he's going to practice. Feels like he's not going to ever practice, but if he's going to play, he makes the hate list for you. It does sound like he's trending in the right direction for this one, but it doesn't really sound like that means great news for him either way. He's had one game this year. I mean, it's been all Devontae Adams, and also they're running the ball so effectively. They haven't had Josh Jacobs is having a monster year, so they haven't had to throw nearly as much. And so you've got a decreased uh, passing attack, and then you've got you know much more target competition in Devontae Adams. You add all that to the fact that Darren Waller hasn't been healthy this year. And, oh, by the way, now he has to play the Saints as New Orleans is top five in the NFL in terms of both fewest catches and fewest yards allowed to opposing tight ends. They have yet to let a tight end score a touchdown against them so far this year. In fact, only one tight end this entire season has more than 25 yards against the Saints. So Darren Waller, who may not be 100% and has only one game this year with more than 50 yards, he makes the hate list. He's outside my top 10. If you haven't heard yet, 
Barry, Jay, the crew, they're going to be in Buffalo on Sunday for fantasy football pregame. Yeah. 11-1 Eastern time. Matthew Barry is going through a flaming table. Absolutely. <laughs> the bald rifle. The bald through, rifle. The bald rifle. Joins the mafia. Sh- will be shot through a flaming table. Come out. Come one all. Uh, come one. Come all to uh, Highmark Stadium there in Buffalo. I think we're in the where the campers are. I think we're in the camper section. That's where things get. Uh, that's where the, yeah. the ketchup goes flying. Yeah, oh, you know the deal. wait yeah. to see Bill's Mafia live and in person, 11 a.m. Eastern. And if you can't be with us in Buffalo, please tune in. It's on Peacock. Second hour, noon to one, is streaming also on CNBC. So it's the entire show's on Peacock. Second hour is on CNBC. And we are live from Buffalo this Sunday. So if you're in, if you're in the area, come out, be a part of the show. We'd love to see you. When we're back, love-hate continues for the quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I would say it's it's not something that is necessarily spoken out in the locker room where, where guys are like, ah, this is going to be an easy win. Um, but it's it's never bad to, to remind, you know, the guys that, you know, this isn't just like a, a college team where we're playing. Um, I mean, these guys get paid, too, on the other side of the ball, whether you're playing offense, defense, or special teams. So, I mean, they they got some really good players, um, and I know they're, they're still trying to figure out how to put everything together, but, I mean, it doesn't discredit a lot of the good things that they do. Love, hate for the quarterbacks. That was Tua Tonga-Vailoa getting ready for the Lions defense. Yeah. How much – Getting ready do you need to do for the Lions defense these days, Barry? I think you just show up. That's I think it, what I've heard. Pretty much show up. Look, I, look, Tua's trying to say he all said the, the right, right things. things. He yeah. said all the right things. And the truth, listen, the Lions are, you know, like they bought into Dan Campbell. Like yep. they, they, they try. Like they are not folding anything up. Having said that, no team in the NFL allows more yards per pass attempt over the last four weeks than the Detroit Lions. Opposing quarterbacks completing 77% of their passes over this stretch against the Lions. That is an NFL high, 77% of their passes. And so Tua, who's played three full games this year, and he's thrown for over 260 yards in all of them. So given that the Dolphins have the highest implied team total in the slate, 27.5, I think Tua is locked in as a top six quarterback this week. Should have a monster uh, monster game here. I don't think this game is in Detroit on the turf. Um, and so good luck keeping up with Waddle and Hill there. Yeah, track meet for them. Another quarterback in your top six, Kyler Murray. Murray's yeah. top six among quarterbacks in both pass attempts and rushing attempts. He makes the love list this week. Yeah, and that rushing is obviously not only why you like Kyler Murray on a week-to-week basis, but especially against the Vikings, who gave up over 45 yards to both Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts, two other mobile quarterbacks earlier this season. We've talked about this Vikings-Cardinals uh, game a decent amount during the show here. Vikings allowing the second highest yards per pass attempt in the NFL over the last four weeks. Like, you can throw and throw deep on, uh, on the Minnesota Vikings. DeAndre Hopkins is back. And so Minnesota, which allows the six most passing yards in the NFL over the last four weeks, should be, uh, should be a good day to have Kyler Murray on your team. He comes in at QB5 for me this week. The year of Daniel Jones continues, yeah. coming in as a top-10 quarterback Mr. for you. Dimes to you. Yes, Danny Dollars. Danny uh, Dollars. <laughs> QB9 in points per game this Danny season. half dollars. Let's not go crazy. But, yeah, he's a top-9 fantasy quarterback so far this season on a points-per-game basis. Three passing touchdowns in his last two games. He's running. He had 
He had, you know, just three total in his first five. Yeah. But, yes, your point, the rushing is what's keeping his fantasy floor high. He's averaging 49 passing yards per game. Has three different games with over 65 yards rushing. And so, 49 yards rushing, I mean, that's a touchdown. He throws one touchdown, he runs for another. Like, all of a sudden, you know, top nine quarterback over the last four weeks, by the way, Seahawks, bottom eight in the NFL in both pass defense and touchdown rate. One thing I will mention, uh, we'll talk about this in a second, but one of the people that Daniel Jones will not be throwing to this week is Kadarius Toney. We will get into that. Yes, he has been traded. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the segment. Not that he ever was throwing to Kadarius Toney. No. Has anyone seen Kadarius Toney? Yeah, in the tub. Yeah. Right. That's right. Can't make the club in the tub. <laughs> but he, he continued to. Best ability is availability. That's right. So Kadarius Toney going to the Chiefs. We will get uh, get into that on the show in just a bit. But a couple others receiving votes on the love list for quarterbacks. Derek Carr. New Orleans defense has not even been close as to what it was advertised as in the preseason. No, we talked about this when we were sort of talking about Darren Waller on the hate list as well. Like, they they just aren't throwing. And yeah. by the way, you don't blame them because they're running the ball so effectively. It's all Josh Jacobs all the time. So far, um, you know, they've just been, they've been much more run heavy. And so you've got a, a run heavy team that now has to face the Saints. Over the last four weeks, New Orleans allows touchdown passes um, you know, they, they, they allow a lot of touchdown passes. My hope here with Derek Carr, right, is, is that the Saints, which are the Saints are, um, uh, you know, pretty good against the run. They've been better against the run. And I think maybe they say, hey, we're at home. Let's focus on stopping Josh Jacobs, which is a little bit of like, you know, sort of pick your poison. But I will say this, like if ever there was a game for Derek Carr to get back on track, this is I think this is the week here. He comes in as, as a top 10 quarterback for me. Get this, Saints. Bottom five of the NFL in yards per pass attempt, completion rate, and passer rating allowed over the last month. And so, if ever there was a game for Derek Carr to get back on track, I think it's this one. Again, I just, they've been so successful running the ball, they haven't had to throw. So, I'm, I'm ho- putting them on the love list in, in hopes of sort of, you know, putting that out into the universe, that we need Derek Carr to get back to his throwing ways. On the other sideline, Andy Dalton has had to throw. As you've hinted many times, you don't know which team it's yeah. going to. But Andy Dalton getting a little love. Uh, this week as he takes on a Raiders defense that's had its problems. Every quarterback to face the Raiders this year, Connor, has scored at least 18 fantasy points. Andy Dalton Insane. is a quarterback facing the Raiders this week. Hashtag announcer. It counts. There you go. He qualifies a quarterback. Every quarterback to face the Raiders this week scores 18 or more fantasy points. Ipso facto, bingo bongo. Obviously, the math checks out. You don't have to do any more analysis than that. He makes my others receiving votes this week as well. I also, by the way, I kind of like Sam Ellinger, yeah. right? Listen, you scout the draft every year for Bleach Report. Talk to people about what you saw about Ellinger coming out of Texas. Uh, he's somebody that gives this offense a little bit of mobility finally in the pocket, right? With Matt Ryan, we, we just know what it was at this point. A guy that never moved well, now can't move at all. With Ellinger, he can run around, make some plays, extend plays. He's got a lot of juice. He's got a lot of life. He will lower his shoulder at the second level. He will grind out extra yards. And I think it might get this passing offense a few broken plays that they've just, they haven't had all year. Right. So, that, thousand percent. To your point, over a thousand rushing yards and fifteen rushing touchdowns in his two season, his two final seasons combined. Big red zone at the University of Texas. Big score. red zone player. And I just think this is interesting. I don't have a stat for this, but I just the the Colts, I believe, are three three and one. Right? They're in the thick. Like that division is so brutal. Like they could win that division. And, and so here's Frank Reich saying two things. Number one is like we're making this switch, and it doesn't have anything to do with Matt Ryan's injury. We are going with Ellinger. And by the way. We're not only we're making a switch from our quarterback, 
But Nick Foles is on this roster. Nick Foles, who won a Super Bowl with Frank Reich and is obviously a much more veteran quarterback. And so they're basically saying what we've seen in practice, we think our best chance – like they're not phoning this in. This is not a, hey, we're packing it in because they're in the thick of this division race. They are saying that they believe, from what they've seen in practice, that Ellinger gives them the best chance to win. Frank Wright saying it's his job the rest of the way. So given the mobility, I think that's going to help fantasy managers as well because, I look, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, Alec Pierce, you know I love him, some uh, Mo Cox. Mm-hmm. You've obviously got, you've got Taylor and Hines in the backfield. There's actually some nice weapons here for Ellinger as well. And so, to your point, getting into some of those off-schedule plays I think will help him – given how bad that offensive line in Indianapolis has, has played, I do think this hurts Paris Campbell a little bit just because, you know, Paris Campbell's been getting a lot of, like, just, you know, Matt Ryan's under center, you know, getting getting pressured, about ready to be sacked. Let me dump it off yeah. to Paris Campbell, like really low A dot there. And so I think Ellinger, who's more mobile, hurts him a little bit there. Ellinger coming in as QB 20 for Barry this week, somebody that I really think can galvanize that Colts offense and give them a little life. I, I think he is a must-add in any deep league, any two-quarterback league, super flex league. I really like him fantasy-wise. I think he could be kind of Daniel Jones-esque. That's a perfect comp for yeah. what his production can be. On the other side of things, the hate list led by Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it just they just can't get anything going right consistently. I mean, there, this the offense. only thing you can point to about whether you would start him is that his name is Aaron Rodgers. That's it. Right? Because if you look at just the stats, on the season, he's not a top 20 fantasy quarterback. He's QB 21. He's averaging under 14 fantasy points per game. He has not had more than 17 fantasy points in any game so far this year. And now he has to go on the road to face a Bills team in prime time that's had two weeks to prepare for the Packers and number 12 Five of the six quarterbacks to face Buffalo this year have scored under 14 fantasy points. They've allowed just five touchdown passes this entire year in six games. That's the third lowest touchdown rate. They're also tied for second in pressures. I, like, it's going to be a conservative offense. On the road at Buffalo, they don't want Josh Allen. They're going to try to run the ball as much as possible. Aaron Rodgers outside my top 15 for the week. It was a good start to the season for Trevor Lawrence that has kind of hit a skid here. One combined touchdown pass in his last three games. They're going to London. And, oh, yeah, they're going to a defense that has just been kryptonite to fantasy quarterbacks all year. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, the offense is struggling, but let's ride Broncos country when it comes to that defense. They've been great. Uh, They've been absolutely great. They've allowed more than 12 fantasy points to a quarterback once this year. By the way, it was Geno Smith. Yep. Kind of love that. They've given up just three passing touchdowns total in seven games this year. Three. No team in the NFL allows a lower yards per pass attempt than the Denver Broncos. They've given up just 5.5. And so Trevor Lawrence was just one combined touchdown in his last three games. He had the rushing touchdowns, but he's thrown for only one touchdown pass um, in his last three games here. He's completing under 55% in three of the last four. Just this one feels... Listen, I get it. The Jaguars are London's team. This is the this is the London game. It's the the early Sunday morning game. But uh, Trevor Lawrence outside my top twenty for the week. I would argue that schedule and that travel and that kickoff time makes things even worse for the Jacksonville offense. So before we go to break, real quickly, let's talk about Kadarius Tony to um, to the Kansas Absolutely. City Chiefs. And I'm curious if you agree with this take. Okay, you ready for my take? Absolutely. Who cares? It it means Who nothing. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? And uh, I mean it this way. I think it's a really nice move for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think the way that it will manifest itself in fantasy is that it's another weapon for Patrick Mahomes. It's another guy that you're going to be like, what the? Because they'll, you know, all of a sudden he'll take a direct snap from center and like. Jared McKinnon style. Right. He'll take, he'll, (laughs) 
he'll take touchdowns away from the Kelseys and the Jujus and the guys who might actually start. You know, yep. like he's going to be another Noah Gray, another Sky Moore, <laughs> another like uh, that guy. Oh, sure, Miko Hardman scores three touchdowns on six touches. Like they just – we've seen him being insanely talented when he's on the field, which has been a struggle for him. And I think it's smart that the Chiefs make the trade now so he comes in during the bye week. He's got a week to get up to speed, and they'll get a package of plays from. So, again, great move for the Chiefs NFL-wise if they can get him on the field. And I think this might help Mahomes. It's just another weapon that you suddenly have to account for, a guy that can do a lot of different things. But the idea that, that Kadarius Tony is going to come into Kansas City and have consistent fantasy value when literally no one else ever has other than Travis Kelsey, and I guess – CEH for a while at the beginning of the year had some consistent fantasy value. But, like, you know, Juju's had two good games, okay, and it thinks like he's starting to emerge. But I just, you know, when you face the Chiefs, it's death by a thousand cuts, Connor. I'm totally with you. This is what Brett Beach does for the Chiefs. He, he buys low on failed first-round picks. Yeah. And they get them in. They And Canary's Tony is under team control the next two years Ooh. if they want him. So this could even be thinking long-term down the road. So, But fantasy relevance this year I'm with you that there's not a significance in this. Barring an injury. Like, I could be proven wrong, but it sure. just feels weird. At to the me. moment, At though. the moment, it feels odd that he's going to come in and suddenly surplant, you know, have a lot more fantasy value than guys like MVS or Juju that are playing a lot more snaps. And those guys, for most of the year, have not been fantasy consistent. When we come back, it is closing time. Last call for me and Connor right here on the Happy Hour. The action never stops at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code BERRY, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code BERRY to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. All right, so let's look at some of the most bet props. Yeah, absolutely. Use that promo code BERRY. There you go. And so as... Some of the most bet props uh, as well. We lost the graphic here, but one of the most bet props on BetMGM is Mike Evans' anytime touchdown. It's at plus money here, Connor. And I kind of like the bet, right? Three end zone targets over his last three games. Obviously, he dropped the long touchdown earlier last week. We talked about that. I feel like Brady's going to want to make, you know, make good. They got to wash it away. They got it right. Exactly. Get it right back here. By the way, also, like, just... Anytime touchdown bet for Mike Evans is generally a good one. He's played 38 career games with Tom Brady. There it is. He's got 30 touchdowns in those 30 career games, as you see it there. So Mike Evans has scored an anytime touchdown. Leonard Fournette to score the first touchdown at plus 800. That's a very popular bet at BetMGM. And Mike Evans over 68.5 receiving yards at minus 120. I kind of like that one as well, right? Um, Mike Evans has gone over 80 yards in three of the last four. Ravens have allowed 70 or more yards to six different receivers so far this year. The, By the way, Justin Tucker over one and a half field goals. It's at minus 140, but, you know. This man loves the kicking market. I do. And you know what? You got to give it Come to on. him. Justin Tucker's making two field goals It works. Game. Come on. It works. I'm sticking with the Ravens bet as well. This is kind of a hater bet, though, as much as I love Lamar Jackson. Under 19 and a half completions for Lamar Jackson. I just don't think they're going to throw a lot. Yeah, they may, they may go run heavy. Listen, Love Hate is now up on Rotorworld.com, and it's always free. So, Chogo, check that out. We're back tomorrow on the happy hour for Connor Rogers. I'm Matthew Berry. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Thanks for coming by the happy hour. Peace out. <laughs>